0: My name is Nancy. I think most people here know me. And, and, yeah, I was preaching a couple of weeks ago in the evening service. And I'm going to start the same way in that um, I love our church in that we include different personality types on the leadership team. And I like that because the Bible talks about the fivefold ministry and all of those are seen in Jesus but as, as, as mere humans, we, we have often a certain, a certain gift set. And, and God calls us to work together as a team so that we can cover a lot of those those things because one of us can't do it all. And Dave um, has done very well in gathering a team of very different types of people around him. And the fivefold ministry is pastors, teachers, shepherds, prophets, and evangelists. And so when people preach up here, we come from completely different styles. So the, the teacher would be more into the theology and the scripture and the word explaining the context. They might have some beautiful long words that I might have to Google. Um, and the pastors, the shepherds, you know, they're, it's, they're caring about the people and bringing the people in and looking after people and making them safe. And the evangelists say, yeah, but what about the people who don't know Jesus? They don't understand that word you just said. And, um, and I come from the, the prophetic angle. So, so my role is, um, yeah, but what does God say? But what does God say? And what does God want from that text? And what is he saying to us today? So we get all different angles. And, and, and the role of, of the prophet is, one of the roles is to make the uncomfortable comfortable. I love ministry, but also to make the comfortable uncomfortable. So there might be a bit of that going on today. We'll see how it goes. And, and part of my heart is I love ministry. I love praying with people. Um, I love finding out what, what is God's heart. And, and if people are getting stuck, I love to um, help, help shift people along. So that's, that's kind of where I come from. When I preach, I'm like, how close to God can I get you today? How healed up can I get you today? How much of him can I reveal to you today? And, and that's just because that's my heart. And that could be someone who doesn't know Jesus at all. Or that could be someone who, 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 who leads me, who knows much more than me, who is much further on their faith. But I still want to be that person that points to Jesus and says, look, isn't he amazing? Um, he's got you. He's got your back. So we're starting in that place. So I'm just going to pray. And we'll look at the word. Father God, I thank you that you make us all different, Lord. And whatever age, whatever background, we can, we can serve you. And God, thank you that we, we all hear from you in, in different ways. And that we can express who we are and who you are in different ways. Lord, will you come and bless us in this text today? God, will you speak your heart to each one of us? Help us to hear what you want to say to know you Lord, to know you better today. We welcome you Father. Amen. Okay we're continuing our series in John and I'm looking at John chapter 5 and so we've had a bit already about calling of the disciples and um, depending on if you into the evening and morning services we've looked at And the miracles, Jesus turning water into wine, Jesus healing someone's son at a distance. um, He went home and found him healed. And this is the first healing miracle where Jesus actually got someone healed up in public. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn them to John chapter five. But the text will hopefully come up on the screen bless him Dave I made him type it all out this morning thank you very much he was very busy already thank you and and his helper thank you (laughs) Steve I think is over there okay John chapter 5 starting at verse 16 and finishing in 27 Matthew Mark Luke John okay so I'm going to read you can follow in your Bibles or listen to shut your eyes or read the words there So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was also calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever this father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so, the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. He who does not honour the Son does not honour the Father who sent him. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man so there's a lot in there Um, and and also it it starts kind of halfway through if not at the end of a story so it kind of needs to know what that story is or it doesn't really make much sense so what has happened is is jesus has gone to a pool Where there's a lot of sick people and someone stirs the waters every day and then people get in the pool and there's a possibility that they can get healed so this man it says he's been an invalid for 38 years and he's been lying by the pool waiting to get healed but it hasn't happened for him yet and Jesus comes along and says to him do you want to get well Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and he walked. The day on which this took place is the Sabbath. So hold on to that. We're going to come back to that through the text. So so with with God, when we read the Bible, there's the, the story, there's the narrative that go, is going on, but there's also the reason behind that, that God has brought this up in the first place. There's, there's always a reason why Jesus does something. He, he doesn't just respond randomly to where he finds himself and what's going on around him. But he has a plan, and God has a plan. And everything he does, everyone he's involved in, everything he says is part of this overall plan, of revealing the heart of God, of revealing why he came So we're going to start um, in verse 19 and look a bit about that. And then we'll go back to 16 to 18, just to look at the end of the story. So in verse 19, Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever he does, the son also does. So this 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 gives us a clue and this came up in the in the evening service a couple of weeks ago and it says um that Jesus sees what he sees the father seeing and here it says he does also what he sees the father doing. And so this this is another clue that Jesus doesn't just respond to the situation. He's he's looking father what is your plan? What do you want done today? And when he's healing it's it's not just about the healing. There's there's the bigger picture that this is fitting into. And and I love it, it says, for the Father loves the Son. So he's revealing stuff to him because he loves him. Jesus knows that he's loved, and that's a really good place to be working from. And then it it goes on to say, he shows him all he does. So he loves him, and he shows him. Jesus is seeing what the Father is up to. And and when when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, um, let your kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. And, and that's kind of what he's doing. He's saying, what is going on in your kingdom realm? God, what are you up to? And let that be established on this earth. So Jesus has come to the earth to establish the will of the Father. And there's lots and lots of verses. If you've been hanging around the Bible for a long time, you, you might already be sort of cross-referencing some of those things in your head. And why has Jesus come? What does the Bible say about why Jesus came? And in John 10.10, it says, He came to bring us life, life in all its fullness. And in First John, we had a sermon a couple of weeks ago, and it says, Jesus you know, came to be the light of the world. He came to bring life into darkness. And in Romans 5, 12 to 21, there's a passage where it talks about how all have died through Adam, but all are brought back to life through Jesus. And you start to see this theme coming through the Bible that, you know, that there is a spiritual death with, with Adam and Eve. But Jesus came to bring us back into spiritual life. And Romans 8 explains that brilliantly as well. And it goes, so it puts it so many different ways in how Jesus brings us from darkness into light. We're not there anymore because of what Jesus has done. And there's a bit of that overall theme. That's the context of which, of which Jesus is doing this miracle in today. So if we look back at, at, at what happened again. So the man is lying by the Well, by by the water, sorry. And Jesus says to him, do you want to get well? Now, what would the answer be to that? Yes (laughs) or no, but you assume it's yes because he's lying by the water waiting to be healed. He spent, it looks like, his whole life lying here. Um, He's got his mat, he's got his his, his little position, but he doesn't answer yes or no. He says... I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So his answer isn't, yes, I want to get healed. It's people aren't helping me get healed. I'm stuck here and no one is helping me. I need help and there's no one to help me. Now, this guy is living in um, ancient Jewish culture, They don't bomb off down the motorway, move to a different city. These guys grow up together in a very tight, close-knit community. Maybe there's some country or village people among us. I grew up on a little farm in Wales. And everyone knows everyone. And if you've been there forever, your aunts, your uncles, your nieces, your nephews, they're all around you. Everyone knows you, all your school friends. You can't get away from it. They're all there. And days without contraception, they might have had more than one child. There might have been quite a lot, which means you've got a lot and a lot and a lot of relatives. Why was no one helping him? No, he'd been ill for 38 years. It doesn't say how old he is, but he's more than 38. So surely he had nieces and nephews that he could boss around. But no one is helping him get in. And that's the first thing he brings up. He doesn't say, yes, I want to be healed. The first thing he does is complain and criticize, complain about and criticize other people. They're not helping me. That's why I'm not well. But Jesus ignores that. And he doesn't say... Oh, I'll help you into the water. Don't worry. I love you. I'm here to save you. Let me be a different example. Let me help you. Let me show you the kindness of God. Let me get you into that water and get you healed up. He doesn't say that. He doesn't pray for him. He doesn't lay on hands. He says, get up, pick up your mat, and get out of here. You know, It's it's a whole different thing when I just add that bit of tone. Can you see the difference? He was like, stop wallowing by the pool. Stop waiting for someone to sort out your mess. Get up and go and get on with your life pick up your mat. You know, his mat is his safe place. It's his cushion. It's, this is my zone. This is my patch. And this is where I'm going to stay. And he's going to come back to that mat every day. And he would have kept going for the rest of his life. He would have missed his life if Jesus hadn't come along, said, get up, stop it, get out of here. He healed him completely. And then he met him later in the temple. The man didn't know who he was. He didn't know what had happened. He bumps into Jesus in the temple again, probably not an accident, knowing Jesus. And Jesus says, look, stop sinning and get on with your life. Now, we know that his, his, his sin wasn't a physical sin because he couldn't move by himself. He couldn't even get into the water that he was sitting next to. So it must have been emotional. It must have been thought. You know, he was stuck in his thoughts and his emotions. And we see he was out of relationship. And God's saying, get that sorted. Get on with your life and get those relationships healed up. And then, but, but but what happened? It was on the Sabbath. And again, Jesus does nothing by accident. He didn't suddenly find himself there. Oh, oops, it's a Sabbath. Well, never mind. I'll give it a go anyway. He chose to go there on the Sabbath, he went there on purpose. And when the, the, the Jews around him, you know, I was writing this, I went back to see oh, which religious leaders were they? Were they the Pharisees or they Sadducees? Who were they? Does that matter? And I went back and they weren't religious leaders. It was the Jews. You know, in my head, I'm like, oh, the religious leaders were offended. No, the Jews, that's the people, <laughs> the people, all the people were offended because Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. And again, if that was me, I'd be going, oh, no, no, it wasn't work. It was just, you know, God was just blessing him, and it was lovely, and let's celebrate him. They couldn't celebrate him. Did you notice that? The first thing they did were they, they were offended. They didn't celebrate his joy. They didn't celebrate his win. But that's an aside. And Jesus didn't say, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. He said, God, wor- God is working on the Sabbath, and I am working on the Sabbath, He was very confrontational. He went straight to the point of their heart, straight to the point of their offense. He didn't skirt around it. He brought this up on purpose. Let's just look at the wording. They were offended because he was doing it on the Sabbath. He said, "Um, yeah, yeah, can't find it. Um, But anyway, he deliberately uses the words work and working because he deliberately wanted to get straight to that point of antagonism. He wanted to reveal what was in their hearts. And if you go back to the bigger picture, your God came to bring us from death to life because he really, really cares about being in relationship with us. And these people were following laws, they had a lot of head knowledge and knew exactly what they were supposed to do, but they weren't in right relationship with their father. And Jesus comes along and he introduces the concept of God being a father and not a rulemaker. And he introduces the concept of the consequences of being out of relationship with people. And now he's saying you're out of relationship with God. You care more about your rules than about this guy who's been ill his whole life. Getting healed. You can't celebrate that. You care about your law more than you care about this man. Why didn't you help him? You know, he does care that this man wasn't helped. It matters. Why didn't his relatives help him? Why didn't the Jews help him? They knew him. They knew him by name. They knew what he was going through and no one helped him. Jesus cares about this stuff and he brings it up and he says, you're more concerned about your rules than about this guy, than about your father in heaven, than about your relationship. I just spotted a baby. I got distracted. Hello. <laughs> That's part of the prophetic thing. We have a joke in a house. Squirrel. Oh. <laughs> Focused sorry they focused so they cared more about just telling myself where I am now they cared more about the rules than the relationship so Jesus came to expose this he went straight to the point he wanted this exposed so where do we go from here He's confronting the religious system. And there's, there's a verse in Matthew 15, 8 and 9, where it says, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And that's exactly what's going on here. And it reminds me of there's also a story, um, just thinking of the cross-reference, because when we cross-reference, we get a bigger picture, we get to see a bit more what's going on. And there's a story about two men in a temple. And one is a religious leader and one's what the religious leader called a sinner. And, And the religious leader says, oh, thank you that I'm not like that awful sinner getting into his mess. I followed every rule. I dotted every I, crossed every T. I've got it right. Thank you, God, that I'm doing so great. Thank you that I'm not like him. And the sinner weeps before his father. And he says, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I am a sinner. I failed you, God. I'm broken. Have mercy on me. And when they left, the Bible says, God, have mercy on the sinner because he was repentant. He saw his mess and he knew he needed God. And we've all got mess. It's dressed up in different ways. As I started, we've got different personalities. We've got different ways we hear God. We've got different ways we mess up. The sinner was doing stuff that wasn't in the law, maybe, that the leader could see. But God saw the heart. He saw the religious man who was doing everything right. His heart was far from God, and he walked away not forgiven because he didn't repent. You know, when, we were, when I, was, I was planning this, and I wrote my sermon, I wrote the fireworks last night. It's very, very fun. And I was just like, to God, I just can't find the sweet spot. Where do I land this? You know, because often in my sermons, I'm like, God loves you so much, and he's so wonderful, and he wants to help you, and he wants to heal you, and he does. He really, really does, and that's what this is about. But again, sometimes it's not all the ooey-gooey Jesus. (laughs) You know, it talks here about him being a judge, and he sees our hearts, and he cares because he wants to restore that right relationship. But he does it in different ways. He speaks to us in, in, in different tones, and he gives us what we need. And we're going here because we've just been through a season of COVID. We're still on the edge of it. But we've been through that devastation. We didn't see it coming, did we? And and the makeup in this church is is quite different to how it was before. Some people have left. Some people have come. We've all been through quite a journey. And there's also a story in the Bible about um, ten virgins who come to a wedding. And they've got their lamps. And five bring extra oil for their lamps. And the bridegroom is unexpectedly late. And the ones who didn't bring extra oil, they run out of oil and they can't get in. Summarizing, I'm cutting the story short. But the ones who bring extra oil, they can get into the wedding. And with with COVID coming and with what we're going through now, it's time to get that extra oil. (laughs) Because maybe what we had before wasn't enough to get us through COVID. Maybe it's not enough to get us through the future. You know, just... we're we're saved and we're here and that's absolutely amazing but are are we running out of oil do we need some refueling have we got that extra supply what are the next few months or years going to look like You know, God has what we need. And Jesus came to turn things upside down so that we would come to him and get in right relationship and realise we need him. We really need to get something sorted so that he can fill us up with his strength and we stop going squirrel and getting distracted and running off in a different direction. You know, when we look at him, when we come to him, when we bring our stuff and let him take a look, then he we can get that fuel, we can get refilled. So we're gonna we're gonna pray today. And we're just gonna think about the different people in the story and the where, where do we relate? Where does it affect us? Because again, we'll all have different angles, we've all got different things going on. But is there something God is 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 prompting you today? Do you relate to anyone in this story? No. Are you are we stuck? On on our our mat. We're waiting for someone to come along and sort us out. Not wanting to get up and get on with it. Are we waiting? Are we pointing the finger at someone else and saying it's their fault? And it often is. (laughs) Often things have been done to us that are devastating. And that happens throughout our lives. And that happens to every one of us. But if we sit down on our mat, if we make a comfortable place where we can just stay there in our pain, we're going to miss the rest of our lives. And so there comes a point where we have to say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to sort this out. And maybe you'll need to find (laughs) some people to help you because we're in a relationship here. That's what he was missing. He was missing the relationships. So let's get into relationships. Let's help each other get off that mat and get somewhere better. Or are we the Jews? Are we criticizing others because they're not doing it right? You know, We live in a culture of criticism. (laughs) with social media, with, with our politics. Look how we, we criticise our pol- our politicians. We have a culture where, where we're free to criticise. A lot of cultures can't do that. In the East, that's not okay. <laughs> a lot of places you can't criticise. You get into a lot of trouble and you might not walk again. But we're in a place where we're free to do that. But we can swing too far in that I'm all right, I've got it right, you haven't, you're doing it wrong. And we do that all the time. It slips out of our mouths so easily. Are we doing that? Are we living in a culture of criticism? Have we gone a bit far in that? Do we need to rein that in? Are we living by the law? I'm all right, I'm doing everything right, but where is your heart? Do we just need refilling? Do we need a bit more oil in our lamps? Do we just need a bit more fuel to keep going? Because times are tough, aren't they? Times are really tough, but God has that extra fuel. He has that extra spirit. He has that extra wisdom. He has strategy, and he has each other again. Part of the fuel is each other, is doing life together. And sometimes that takes a bit of courage, a lot of courage, (laughs) to, to pull each other in or to say, I need you. But is that what you need today? So I'm going to encourage you to stand up. If any of those things relate to you, stand up. Because it's time to pick up that mat and say, I'm not going back to that comfortable place. I need something else. I need Jesus. Stand up if any of these relate to you, really. Do you want to be in relationship with each other? Then stand up. Do you need each other? Are you going to stop going back to that comfortable place of criticism and moaning and waiting for someone else to sort you out, is today the day when you're going to stand up and say, God, I need you. Come and sort me out. I'm a sinner, God. Those guys in the temple. God, I haven't got it right, but I need you. Have mercy on me. And God came to that man. So you just need refueling. Whatever it is, And obviously, if it's difficult to stand up, who's for me to sit down again. Just put your hands out. If you want to kneel, whatever. Because we're free in this church. We're free to respond to God how we choose. So I'm going to pray. God, I thank you that your overall plan was to rescue us. But God, in order to do that, sometimes we need to face our mess. And we need to just get get rid of it. We need to walk away from that place where we've just been resting in it. And God, thank you that you have, we have each other and we can pull each other out of that place as well. But God, the bits that, the bits that are me, the bits that, are, that I can do that are us, God, we bring to you now. And God, I choose today to stop blaming other people for my mess. God, you know how they've hurt me. But I choose not to stay in that place. I choose to stop letting my past dictate my future. God, show me how to leave the past behind, how to walk forwards with you and not be stuck in that place. If I need to work on the forgiveness, Lord. Show me who and how. And God, where it's my own mess, I repent, Lord. I'm sorry, God, that I've, I've taken the easy life. I've cared more about what others think about me than what you think about me. And with that mat, Lord, he had to get up in front of other people who were going to criticize him. He had to get up and be counted and say, I'm not staying here anymore. He had to walk away with all those people looking on, saying, you're doing it wrong. We don't like the way you're doing it. God, I'm sorry for when I've shied away from that, when I've been too timid, too afraid to stand up and say his name is Jesus. Where well, I've chosen to compromise, Lord. Lord to blend in, to not cause offence. Because there comes a point in our life when that doesn't work anymore. There comes a moment where we have to stand up. So God, we're standing up now in front of everyone here to say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Give us that extra, that extra fuel, Lord, that we need. And just use your own words just whatever it is on your heart start pouring that out to jesus and can we have some other worship band up just to start giving us some background noise because sometimes it helps to do that verbally sometimes i just mutter it really quietly so no one can hear me but start pouring out your own language what is it is there someone you need to forgive i forgive them lord for what they did to me i'm not going to hold it any longer i want to move on from this place god show me how God, fill us up with your truth, with your strategy for what we need to move on from. Do we just need strength and fuel? Well, God, you give that in abundance. So come and fill us, Lord. As you're turning your attention to God, just start asking him to fill you, to give you what you need to sustain you in this next season. God, come with your spirit, come with your love. God, fill us again. We lay down our mistakes and we, we step out of them, Lord. We choose to look at you, to honour you, God. Lift us up, Lord. Put us with your love. If you want to give someone a hug, feel free. You can cross the room and do that. Give someone a hug if you've been brave today. If you need some prayer, grab someone you trust. The stuff you want to work on, make sure you write it down and come back to it. But push into the Lord today. Thank you.